We're going to teach, we're going to finish up the love code, guys. It's just, um, I think it's just really the most important thing that I think ministry can do is teach you how to freely receive everything the Father is giving you. And, uh, and then once you know how to receive, guess what? You can, you can impart that to others and truly be the love, the light, the, the warmth, his, his body is what, what we're really supposed to be. Does that, does that make sense? You guys getting something out of this? If you do it, I'm telling you, um, I'm not going to share. I was, I was, Jim, I was sharing with you earlier just some testimonies, but you know, there were just people this week that uh, first time in their lives, some of these you know, are a little bit older than me, and I'm not going to say ages or anything, but uh, the first time they could honestly see and hear Jesus in their life, just going through this, and just all the things that come along with that, the, the, the healing, the, the weeping, the and then they usually start apologizing. I'm so sorry I'm crying. I go, no, it's healing. It's really good. Let it out. Just let it, let it just start coming out of you. So anyway, we'll finish this up today. Sound good? And uh, really what it, um, like I was saying last week is, uh, I just believe, you know, well, let, let's just hit this first slide real quick. Sorry. Um, anyway, so true healing. I've seen a lot of people try to do it. Like I said, with read your Bible more, pray more, fast more, 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 more. Anybody else get tired with all that? I just get tired too. And so uh, true healing comes, and that's what the gospel was for. Sin was this idea. Did I write that up there? I forget what I wrote. Yeah, so sin, sin was not behavior, how we were taught. Sin was hamartia. Sin was seeing ourselves anything less than perfectly loved, perfectly blessed, perfectly favored, full heirs in the kingdom, full sons, full brides. Anything less than that was in our mind that we thought, oh, because I've got these evil desires or I've got these sinful tendencies and yeah, those are all real. That's what uh, Romans 7 talks about. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. And the good news comes Romans 8.1. And so, oh yeah, I wrote that too. Okay. So I forget what I write because I, I usually do it the night before or this morning. So anyway, so sin is not trying to re- change your behavior. Sin is seen. So here's Romans 7. Here's Paul. So Paul says something like this. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it. Paul says, you know, what? I was once alive without the law and the law is holy and good, but I couldn't follow it. Anybody ever do that? How many guys have followed every commandment perfection? Because it says, if you've even thought a wrong thought, you're guilty. Well, that's not good. And so he says, the law is perfect and holy. It's not bad, but it really just exposed, there's this thing in me that I think I'm less than God. I think I'm not loved by God. And uh, it just exposed the, the human condition. And that was the early metaphor of the early church is he came to heal. He came to heal our wrong beliefs about our, who we are and who God is. That was the gospel. That's what Paul says. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ because it is the power to transform you, basically, to heal you, to sozo you. Does that make sense to you guys? It wasn't so that he could get punished for sin, so we didn't. That's what I was taught. But the more I understand scripture in the early church, I go, God, that is so foreign. He would never do that as a, as a loving father. So, so Paul's going through this dilemma. And then at the end of Romans 7, he, he says this. He goes, I do the things I don't want to do. And the things I do want to do, I don't do. So it's kind of wordy, but here's what he's saying. I'm trying my best and I'm still screwing up nonstop. I can't help myself. Anybody ever be there? Like the, those much willpower as I'm trying to do, I still can't get from A to B. And I might be good for a little while or I might, uh, you know, but there's something in me that just, gosh, I fall again, right? That's what Paul's saying. That's the old man. That's the wrong thinking. And so the gospel is supposed to produce this life in you when you hear it. In fact, uh, Solomon and I were listening to the, uh, the radio driving home from some errands this morning, and it was really fascinating. This, they were interviewing this Iranian guy who was Zoroastrianism, and then 
he, he went to college and became an atheist. And then through this long transition, he's a, he's a Catholic today. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. It'd be interesting to see what this guy's got to say. Because that, that's really interesting to me. You know, like, how, how did this journey happen? And then the interviewer asks him, he says, what's the, what's the biggest change in your life since you've become Catholic? And I'm not, you might, all my Catholic friends, I got a lot of you that watch. This has nothing to do with you. It has to do with religion, okay? So I love you guys. So, um, and here's what he said. I feel more guilty today. I'm like, how is that good news? That it's supposed to be the opposite. I should be liberated that I'm totally free, that he's kept no record of wrong. Isn't that interesting? But that's how I felt growing up. All of a sudden, I quote unquote got saved and I'm like, whoa, this life used to be so easy. I never had to worry about all this stuff. And, and did you pray? Did you fast? I'm like, man, it used to work without me doing that. Um, why is it not working now? Because I was trying to, I started to, the law does nothing but show you your condemnation. But the spirit does what? shows you as if you're looking in the mirror that you're the, you have the same value, you have the same weight, you have the same life, the same love of Jesus and the Father himself. So it's supposed to liberate you. I just thought that was interesting. Is, is We're trying to do the opposite here. So we're, we're going to help you get rid of some of the wrong junk in there. And it always has to do with I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not valuable enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not successful enough. And most of it, well, I would say 99.9% .9 as I've really dealt with people over the last 20 years, comes from wrong beliefs that we don't even know are there. And that's what, that's what Paul's saying. I can't, I'm trying the best I can and I'm still screwing up and I know what I should be doing. I know I should like, I know I should love my wife more. I know I should love my husband more. I know I should be better to my kids. I know I should do this. I know I should do that, but I can't do it. Anybody ever felt that too? I remember that when early in our marriage when we we're, were really just struggling. And so we were going through some counseling that like, they, they, you know, just showing me Ephesians. Uh, you need to love your wife more. If I knew how, I would. <laughs> like, thank you for telling me that. Um, you, Mike, you need to love your wife more. And then, then here comes the whammy. And you need to respect your husband. How can I respect him? You know, just like, and she's like, same thing. We just have this dilemma. Like, we're, we know what we should do, but we can't get there. So we're going to limit all that junk today, right? And so there's something that's causing the junk in your life. And most of it's subconscious. You don't even know, but the good news, the Holy Spirit will heal it. And we'll kind of walk you through prayer to do that at the end. I've done it the last three weeks, but I really just wanted to, uh, to do it again with you guys tonight. Cause I think if you do it, gosh, if you learn it, just, I'll walk you through it here in a couple minutes. Just trust it. Don't try memorize it. Just try sense him, try feel him. He's spiritual. You guys understand that, right? So we can't see him a lot of the times, but you can see him in your in your spirit. You can see him in your imagination. You can feel him. You can feel his presence. And that's why I just want you to kind of just abandon yourself tonight and just go, oh, I'm going to try it for the first time in my life. Because I'm telling you, as I'm doing it online with people, there is just miraculous stuff happening. So anyway, so Romans, so here's Paul. I can't, I'm trying my best. I can't do that. The things I do want to do, I can't do. There's something in me that takes over. That's what it says. It exposes this sin in my body the wrong beliefs in our body. But then Romans 8, 1, it's beautiful. He says, well, at the end of Romans 7, he says, I, I need help because I'm, I'm trying my best, but I can't get there. Who will save me from this wretched man that I am? Now think about that, guys. This is the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he's very open in Scripture going, I'm a mess. So does that give you guys hope a little bit? To me, it does. <laughs> to me, it does. I go, okay, if Paul can be a mess, I can be a little mess too. So, uh, yeah, I'm good at it too, Roy. So, um, 
But that's, that's, you don't hear that taught a whole lot. Like here's Paul, really open, struggling about this. And then Romans 8, 1, the reason I wrote 7 and 8, because I don't think he wrote Romans 8, chapter 8. Because chapters came by the Bible translators, right? Paul just wrote a letter. And so it's all one thing. So who will save me from this pain and anguish and this stuff? Lord, I'm trying to be a better husband. I'm trying to receive my healing. I'm trying to have success, but I can't get there. Oh, he's frustrated and exhausted, you can tell at the end. And then Romans 8, 1, he goes, but thank God there's no condemnation, meaning there's no bad judgment to you in Christ Jesus, is Romans 8, 1. Isn't that awesome? And then if you go read the whole of Romans 8, by the end of Romans 8, what does the end of Romans 8 talk about? Nothing can separate me from love. It's like, even though I've got all these struggles and and all this, I'm so convinced that nothing, so if you're struggling with anything, it's not, it's not any indication that you've done something wrong, that you've quote-unquote sinned, bad behavior. If you're struggling, like I said, with success or your marriage or health or anything, do not judge yourself. It's not even you. It's typically something that you picked up young, and we're going to get rid of it tonight, okay? And that's what Paul's saying. He's like, thank God there was no judgment in Jesus Christ. I was judging myself, is what Paul says. And then by the end of Romans 8, he has this wonderful conclusion that I don't care what you guys are going through. I promise you, you can never be separated from God's love. And he's there with you, ready to heal, ready to, to restore, ready to do everything. So we'll cover that. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 5, this is just to help you too, because this is, the, I'm, I'm finishing the love code. And the first, the first really, I can summarize this whole thing. It's not your fault and don't feel guilty or feel judged, Right? Because love keeps no record of wrong. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 5. So perfect love, who he is, agape love is how Paul describes it, keeps no record of wrong. So all of our bad behavior, how much record has he kept of it? Nada, zero. Oh, thank you, Father. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's no judgment in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus said. I didn't come to judge, I came to heal. I came to heal the wrong beliefs about who you are. Does that make sense? And I love you so much that I've even conquered death because I cannot spend eternity without my, without my children, without the people I've birthed, humanity. So anyway, the good news is there's always life for us and, and it's always available at any time. So anyway, so love keeps no record of wrong. So really what we need to do is we need to get to the root of it. We need to get to the heart. You need to get to the issue. And there's ways to do it. And 99% it, of the time, it doesn't come from you striving more, reading more, doing this more, your subconscious or what's really in your heart, as you guys, you've heard me share and everybody shares, it's a million times more powerful than your willpower. That's Paul's Romans 7. You're not going to get there unless we heal this thing. And the great news is the good news will heal you. Sound good? You guys, you're open to healing? To have more life, more success, more love, more everything? So, okay, the next slide, I forgot what I wrote. So, all right. So he talks about the genie question. What's the genie question? Why did the, yeah, yeah, I heard Chris say it. So the reverse genie question, let's do this because I did this first. The reverse genie question is this, and, and uh, some of you guys that are following online, you do not have to get the book. I'm just summarizing this because uh, there's, there's a lot in here. There's a lot, really the prayer at the end that I'm going to do is the book. So the reverse genie question is this. What do you fear most in your life right now? What's causing you the most anxiety? And you don't have to tell me. You can be very private with it, but he knows anyway. So just be honest with him, right? Is it uh, fear, of, fear of this or lack of this? It's always fear of something is the deepest root. And so 
that will tell you the limiting belief or the thing that's really going on in your heart, why you can't get there. Why Paul's in Romans 7, where he's saying, I'm trying my best, but something in me just just limits my success, limits my healing, limits my belief, limits everything. And it's not your fault, guys. Please don't get judged. So, and let me just, uh, but if you can answer that, um, what do you fear most in your life? That'll tell you what's holding you back. And that's what, that's the first thing we need to work on. Does that make sense? So I'm just going to read here a little bit from, from uh, the reverse genie question. And you, you know what he's talking about with the genie? Some of you guys haven't read the book. Like the Aladdin's lamp, you know, the genie comes out. If you could ask him one thing, right? Okay. So, don't freak out, all you guys online. I, I, don't, I don't believe in rubbing the lamp and the genie comes out. It's a... So the reverse genie diagnostic identifies the fear at work in your life right now. So, hey, if I could fear anything, maybe, and I don't want to get there, whatever it is. And so, and then the answer, whatever that is, hey, I fear this the most. And then it's really, okay, if that truly happened in your life, how would it make you feel? And those are the things that will come up. I would feel guilty. I'd feel shameful. I'd feel so unsuccessful. I'd feel embarrassed. Um, I'd feel dirty. Whatever those are, that, how does God see you in any of those things? He sees you as the spotless bride as if you've done nothing wrong. Always. That's such good news, isn't it? So it says, uh, <clears throat> what are you afraid of more than anything else? And then if that actually happened, um, how would it make you feel? Okay. And so here's, uh, <clears throat> here's, here's what it says. It says, uh, your answer to question three, which, how would it make you feel if the worst thing that, ever, that you feared could ever happen to you, that inward state exists in you right now. The fact that we can identify it is real. That means that's what's going on in our subconscious, and we have to get rid of that stuff. So this is probably causing more stress than anything else. It comes from our memories, our pain, our pleasure, our fear programming, and our primary beliefs, thoughts, and feelings. The question can be very difficult for many to answer because we want to suppress it. And so in my experience, people get question three and completely break down because their answer is truly the worst experience they can imagine. But the truth is that they are experiencing it right now. That's the challenge is if you can identify it, we're already experiencing it. So fortunately, if you heal that source memory of your answer to that question number three, how would you feel? You will see a monumental difference in virtually every area of your life. Somewhere, <clears throat> somewhere in whatever area question three relates to, you are believing a lie about yourself, others, God, your circumstances are all the above. Heal the lie. The lie is sin, right? Hamartia, seeing ourselves from a fallen mindset that we're somehow not worthy to be blessed, favored, loved, etc. Heal that lie and your internal feeling and your external circumstances will instantly begin to transform. That's good news, isn't it? So if we heal the lie in the prayer, guess what starts to happen? You feel good. So you don't have to have success, health, everything else by your urgency, by your striving, by your trying to be a good person. So you feel better and you get the result that you wanted. Isn't that what we want? That's the win-win. That's love. That's what it's called. And so anyway, um, uh, yeah, I think that's all I wanted to cover on that. So that's the reverse genie question. So most of the time, most success training, most religion is, is hey, if you want this, go do this. And you're going to buck up against that, that unhealed heart all the time and it's not going to work. So we first have to deal with the healing, which is what the gospel was for. All mankind thought God was angry and he didn't love them. And Jesus comes to reveal the opposite. And he goes, go share this good news that I'm love and I'm here to heal the wrong beliefs about themselves. And that was, that's what Paul says. That is the power unto God for healing. So it's dope. Isn't that good? So, man, as I've been doing this for the last few months with people, whew, it's been awesome. So we're going to do that again tonight. So then... 
and, and the difference here, like I was sharing last week, is I love Dispenza. I love all the uh, Braden. I love, um, I love all that stuff. But how many of you guys have done, like, I just have a hard time meditating for an hour, to be honest, right? I just, <laughs> I get ants in my pants. So uh, I'm like, okay, Whew, 24 more breaths, so okay. Good Lord, I've only been at this three minutes. <laughs> okay. And I'm doing the guided meditation. I'm looking at it going, 47 more minutes. Wow. Wow. All right, Lord. Okay, if you get distracted, focus again. <laughs> like, and, then, and then most of them tell you, you got to start over. Son of a gun. <laughs> like, I got to start over again? I'm never going to get through this, you know? I got work to do. Isn't that how we are? So I, I love all that stuff. And they're getting results, which I love. It's just most of us don't have... 90 days or seven, seven hours, and we can take three days in this weekend to learn how to meditate. Most of us don't. And so the great, that's Eastern meditation. Something just changed. What happened? Nothing changed out there? Oh, I could hear it differently maybe. So, um, uh, and the Eastern meditation is more like empty your mind, which is really hard for most, of, most people. It's like telling you your, your lungs not to breathe. Good luck. Tell your, tell your analytical mind to not do anything. It's hard, isn't it? So what I, what I think true Christian meditation is, is so much better. Instead of emptying our mind, he's given us these divine gifts of our hearts and our imagination and our minds to use them to deprogram all the limiting beliefs and then to do the genie question, what do you really want in your life? So we're not going to empty our minds. We're going to pray and engage our hearts and minds. Does that make sense? And you can do it in really short period of time. Is that, is that good news, you guys? It's really good news to me. So it doesn't have to take long. And uh, what I wrote in the email to a lot of you guys, our dad would never make it hard for his kids. And if I have to tell, well, Ramiko, you got six boys with testosterone. And if I line up all the Blackman kids, I go, okay, you're going to do nothing but meditate for 47 minutes with me. How's that going to work? <laughs> He's just laughing. <laughs> right? They'll come home like, dad, you would not believe what Mr. Mike told me to do. Like, they would be all out World War III, wouldn't they, by the end? Somebody's bleeding, I promise you. One of your boys is bleeding because somebody double-legged him and took him down and hurt him. And that's just called being a boy, in my opinion. So uh, anyway, like Barb was saying, boys are different than girls, aren't they? In fact, you want a little test? This is fun. Then I'll get to the real stuff. Just ladies, work with me on this. This is kind of fun. I'm not going to have you do anything weird. Well, yeah, it's kind of weird, I guess. Um, okay, ladies, Make a machine gun sound, like the movies. Okay, now men, do a machine gun sound. It's just like, we get into it, right? We just, yeah, let's get into this thing. And ladies, like, like my wife would be, like, that's not going to scare the enemy, I don't think, but it's sure sweet, right? We're different. That's what I'm trying to get at, so... They are more feminine, which doesn't work that well, though, Martha. You know, like, <laughs> so that's just a little, that's an interesting thing that we're very different, aren't we? So uh, do you have to teach your boys that? No, I, I remember like uh, even the difference between Solomon and Barry and Angelique when, when they were growing up. Barb was kind of, she's like, they pick up sticks and hit each other. <laughs> like the boys. They're like, yeah. Like, I, I mainly I was like, what, what are you trying to get at? She's like, is that normal? That's what she asked me. I'm like, 
yeah, it's normal. It's like boys have fun. And then we laugh about it when the boys get hurt, don't we? We think it's the funniest thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like at the locker room stuff, right? We just start laughing when you get hurt. It's like, are you okay? <laughs> and the lady's like, oh my God, is he okay? I'm like, no, look at that. We start laughing. So anyway, I don't know what that is in men. Why did God design us? That has nothing to do with this. But anyway, just, I mean, I don't know what I, what got me on that? The machine gun thing. See, I'm blessed with a Polish mind. So I have no idea what that even got to. But anyway, so we, it is funny. And so uh, it's true too, isn't it? It's like Seinfeld. That's why it's funny because there's truth in it. So anyway, um, and then the genie question. So we'll first limit, we'll first reprogram. And that's the number one thing we have to do because going, hey, be better, be more loving, be a better Christian. It has to be a heart transformation. Once we do that, guys, then every other dream, every other desire, all those things, some of you guys, maybe you want to go heal people and you want to do all these fun things in God. And yes, you, every one of you can do it. And we can teach every one of you to do it. In fact, you can do it right now knowing nothing. By God's grace, if you, if you pray, it'll happen because that's just what he does. He heals. So does that sound good to you guys? All right, let's, get, let's, let's, let's finish this thing up. Okay. So I've done the three tools. I'm not going to go through all this again. This is mainly for your online stuff. So anyway, here's what I want to do, guys. And I'll just walk you through this. You've seen me do this. I just, repetition's good. And so what we're going to do is, is whatever you're dealing with, you know, the, the external is just the symptom. So if it's health, if it's relational, if it's uh, uh, marriage, if it's, uh, man, I can't, I just seem to keep getting stuck in, in, in my my career, whatever it is, that is the symptom. That is not the root. You guys understand? So most religion and mental training and success training just goes, do these things better and then you'll have success. And I just don't believe it. I just believe when you heal the heart, success flows naturally to you. You can just dream and, and feel. And So the first thing we're going to do is whatever you're dealing with, guys, is it just, you know what, like this talks about is what are you dealing with? Health, fear, lack, anxiety, and then just ask God, like, hey, when's the earliest memory that you feel that feeling? And if nothing comes to you, that's fine too. Then you can just deal with, you know what, Lord, I'm dealing with anxiety. I'm dealing with these health issues. I'm dealing with lack, um, whatever it is. And then just say a sincere prayer. Like, you know what, Holy Spirit, would perfect love want to take care of it for you? Of course he would. So this is where the, just a little bit of faith comes in. And faith becomes effectual or worketh by what? Love. So the whole love code, in my opinion, like I said, is it's not your fault. He will not judge you for anything you've ever done. You're not dirty. You're not guilty. You're not shameful. You're not sinful. You're not any of that. You are the perfect loved bride of Christ. Always have been, always will. Amen? He doesn't judge you for anything you're doing. Thank God. Or anything you're struggling with. And then the last thing is he will deal with that. Once you get the judgment, the condemnation out, now, now we can... What does it feel like to swim in the unlimited love and power of a, of a force so much greater than ourselves, which is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? It's the Spirit working inside out. Does that, does that make sense? So what are you dealing with? And let's just, let's, whatever it is, you, this can be private, all you guys online. Like I said, is, uh, uh, hey, feel free. Like a lot of you guys have been. It's just, it's been a blast. been very busy, but it's a blast. It's, uh, it might take me a couple of days to get to you, but and you guys too, is if you need prayer, please reach out to me and we can get on Zoom or whatever. I can't obviously come to you guys. And, uh, 
but it's awesome. We've seen so many miracles and healings and stuff. So you're going to get some tonight too. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that uh, you love us so much. And, and we can understand this. This is not hard to understand. As a father, as a mother, as a grandpa, as a grandma, when our kids or grandkids come to us and they need anything, our heart just rips out for them. And we would do anything to heal them, to take care of them, to comfort them. And if we understand that, you made it easiest for us to understand how much more can we know that the Father in heaven understands that. So when we ask to heal the root of what's going on in our heart, those memories, of course you're willing to do it. And you love to do it. And that's our trust. That's the only little bit of confidence we have. And we just remind ourselves that you love us perfectly in that situation. So Holy Spirit, whatever they're going with, whatever they're dealing with right now, just reach down into the root and heal that. Heal it right at its source. Heal that memory in Jesus' magnificent name. And then, guys, whatever you're dealing with, just allow it to come up and allow that feeling to come up. If it's anxiousness about your health, if it's anxiousness about not having enough, if it's just anxiousness about your relationships or marriage or, or guilt or any of those things, just allow it, just experience it because I believe those feelings are there because he loves you enough that he's showing you that's how, where he wants to heal you. Not to ignore them, to go, thank you, Lord, that you love me enough that it's okay that even though I have this anxiousness about this, whatever situation you're going on, you, you love me completely and wholly. And then just ask if there's something that, what's the first memory you have of that? A lot of you guys that I was doing online, it was, it was so awesome. Just ask Jesus to tell you, when did, where did this come from? Why am I dealing with this? And just go with your intuition, whatever he tells you. If there's, a, if there's something when you were two, if there's something when you were 12, and if you can't get anything, that's okay too. Then just go, you know what? I just feel anxious. I feel fear. I feel whatever. I feel shameful. And that's okay. And just start to bring love and light and just, this is where we have our beautiful hearts, our beautiful imaginations. Your imagination is very real and very powerful, guys. So just, I like to see it as this beautiful cloud, this, this flow of love, this light, because it's kind of like spirit to me. I just see it, but whatever Whatever God metaphor works for you, you know, he's fine with that. So I'm just going to kind of walk. If you can use your imagination, Father, we just let your love, your light, your warmth, just this beautiful flow of who you are, your presence. We know you're here 24-7, and we know you're always with us. Yet yeah, it just feels really good to practice your presence. It feels really good to experience you, to feel you, to trust you. So, Father, we just thank you for that beautiful love, that light, that warmth, that compassion, that healing. Everything you are just flows from the crown of our head right through our whole body and right through the bottom of our feet into the center of the earth, this beautiful flow. And we just know we're safe here. We're connected here. We can rest in you. We don't have to be strong here. We can be very weak here and not try to do it with willpower or with our own strength. So it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be honest with him. Like, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Please heal me of this. And just see his love, his light from the crown of your head to the bottom of your feet. Just flow through every atom in your body, healing every memory, healing every cell in your body. Just that warmth, that love, that light. Just picture love and light. 
and just expands out of them as far as they can imagine. It's just so they're kind of just swimming in your love. You're swimming in your presence. It feels so safe. It feels so good to feel your peace. It feels so good to trust in the, the limitless love and power of you that you're healing everything, even as we speak. <clears throat> and then just ask Jesus, because he'll never leave you. This is such a fun mystery to me that he's in and through and holds the entire universe together. All cosmos, all, all cosmos or creation is what the New Testament says. Yet he can show up in time as a human, <laughs> even though he's outside of time. It's a crazy thing. So that means he was with you in that darkest time. Even if your darkest time is right now, I promise you he's there. Flowing through you, but also present. He's a, he's a, real, a real person that, that loves through the Holy Spirit. So just ask Jesus, Jesus, where are you in this situation? Or where were you in that really hurtful time where I feel guilty or I feel shameful or I feel bad about myself because I did these things? And Where are you? And he'll show up. Just trust your intuition. He'll, to your left, to your right, your front or back. I should have brought somebody up here because it's, it's, it's more, you guys can see it, but you guys can also experience it right now, I promise. And just trust it. And then just ask him a simple question. Lord, what's the source of this anxiety? What's the source of this fear? What's the source of this guilt? Where am I getting this shame? Where am I just getting this bad feeling if you can't really put your finger on it? And he may show you a, a time. And just ask him a question too. What do you want me to tell you? Jesus, what do you want to tell me about this situation? And I promise you guys, everybody I talked to this week, it's so pure, it's so comforting, it's so perfect for the situation that you'll think it's your own mind and you're like, oh, I'm just making it up. Just trust it. He has to use your mind. He has to use your intuition. He has to, how else he can communicate with you? He has to use you. So just say, Jesus, what do you want to tell me about this? And I promise you, he'll say, it's not your fault. It's never been your fault. I'm not mad at you. I'm not angry at you. I love you. I want to embrace you. I want to hold you. I want to touch you. I want to comfort you. I want to caress you. It'll always be something just perfect like that, guys, about the guilt, the shame, the, the limiting belief. Oh, thank you, Father. And then just see him just healing it, bringing his love, his light, just going, you know what, Lord, even though I really had this negative experience and I'm feeling this guilt, just, re just imagine what he just told you. I have never blamed you for this. I've always loved you. You thought I was away from you. You thought I abandoned you somehow. There's no way. I loved you perfectly. I've always healed you perfectly, and I'm ready to do it right now. And just remove all those limiting beliefs, Lord, and just replace it with your love, your light, your warmth, everything you are. And just see his love, his light, his presence. Just slowly heal everything there, guys. when you can kind of feel a shift in that, just like, oh, I feel a little bit better. Now we can start the desires of your heart, that the, the real genie question. Here's what I want my life to look like. Here's how I want to feel. <clears throat> I just know if, if you try to do it without getting a little bit of comfort for you to try to believe the truth, to try to have enough willpower, to have enough faith, is just almost impossible for most of us. But once we kind of feel that healing, that warmth, that love, that light, just bringing into that situation where we're not ashamed of it. We can bring up those negative experiences and just let them touch it. Just let them heal it. 
Once you realize he loves you, he's not mad at you, he doesn't keep any record of wrong, all he's here is to comfort it, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be better. He's restoring even as we speak. And now we can start the, the real, the good stuff, as I call it. So, Father, we just thank you. And just do use your imagination to do it now on the, the positive, guys. What do you really want? How would you really feel if that truly happened? If Jesus was standing in front of you and said, you're healed, you're prosperous, you're free, you're loved, whatever you're dealing with, how would that feel? So, Father, we just thank you that it's going to be okay. <clears throat> your presence heals every situation, restores every situation. All things are going to work out for our good. That's how much you love us. Even the really hard stuff, the hurtful stuff, he's win-win. He's going to heal both parties. He has to. That's what happens. So he loves us perfectly. So, Father, we thank you. It feels so good that we don't have to have willpower. We don't have to have enough strength just to trust your unlimited love, your power, that the minute we ask for the restoration and the healing, it's done. You've even said, before they've answered, I've asked. That's how much I love them. I would never say no to any of that. So, Father, it feels so good. We're so thankful. We're so grateful to feel your unlimited love, your unlimited power, that you're healing every negative situation and bringing in what we truly desire. And then I would just finish like this, guys. Is Joe Dispenza kind of teaches it this way. As you ask and you kind of be an observer, and he calls it the universe, this infinite potential of possibility. We call it the Holy Spirit, where he's in and through and holds everything together. Max Planck, the, the quantum physics, really the inventor, called it the matrix, which is real, the divine matrix, where it really where the movie Matrix came from. They goes, there's some invisible field that operates in gratitude and love. And we know as Christians what that is. It's him. It's his presence. It's his Holy Spirit that holds everything together. And when you ask perfect love to do something loving to you, is he ever going to say no? No. So what, how, how, how these guys teach, it's really fascinating. They go, just step back and become an observer and watch this infinite field of love perform what you've just asked. This make sense to you guys? And Psalm 37, 4 and, 7, 4 and, 5, 37, 4 and 5 would be the same thing. Hey, I'm going to put a desire in your heart. Ask for it. Step back. Roll it over to me is what it says. Trust me, roll it over to me and watch me do it. So here's how I'd, I would, this might help you a lot of your prayer. So Father, here's what I really desire. This is what I really desire. And when I ask, you say yes so that my joy may be full. You never say no. So, Father, we just thank you that whatever people, whatever places, whatever things needs to start showing up in their life right now for them to feel valuable, for them to feel peaceful, for them to feel loved, for them to get wholeness in their body and mind, for them to get wholeness in, in their relationships, for them to get wholeness in their careers, in their businesses, let it start to come to pass right now in Jesus' magnificent name. And we're just going to watch perfect love start to bring it to pass. And we can rest in that, trust in that. And it feels so good to do that. We just say thank you that you say yes and amen to our prayers in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. That makes sense to you guys? You can do it, alter it. However, there's no right or wrong way. It's just I've, I just kind of took his combination tool and go, how, how would we do this as Christians and you can do it like that, and it works. So anyway, if any of you guys need prayer, come on up. We'll see a lot of you guys tomorrow night um, with Andre and Marianne Raba on the fellowship, and then a lot of you Wednesday at fellowship. So, oh, yeah. So if you want to give, let's just do that real quick. Thank you for all you guys online. Thank you guys that are giving here. Thanks for reminding me, Michael. See, here, here's, the, here's the really cool part about giving, too. Love gives. So 
this is what Paul's trying to get across in Philippians and Corinthians and all the giving verses. It's not out of obedience, guys. But he, if you give out of love, that's what Paul says. He goes, if you give out of love, what does love do? It responds. It gives. It, can, it cannot. Does, it, does that make sense? That's the beauty of understanding this flow of giving. It's not like you have to give and then see. And you know what's really interesting, though, is people that really believe in the... In the uh, I just had this conversation with, well, I don't even want to talk about that. I had a really great conversation with this couple yesterday and we were just talking about giving. I said, well, let me tell you what I, what I do and what I believe. Um, I don't share a lot of that because it's been so abused. There's, very, there's really something special about giving. There really is. And so I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Go read 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 9. But if you give into love, if you give like, Lord, thank you that this is, that you love me so much. I just want to say thank you. I want to give into love. I promise you love gives back overflowing. That's just how it works. So that's how giving works in the new covenant. Does that make sense? Where Paul says, not out, of, not out of necessity, but you can trust it. If you give like, Lord, thank you that you love me so much. Love responds. It cannot do anything else. And that's where we can just add these prayers. Go, whatever people, places, things, Lord, that need to show up to make me feel unlimited, that, make me, that need to show abundance, that make me feel loved so I can have joy he goes, I'm going to answer your prayer so you can have joy. You're my bride. I want you to be happy because I don't want to come home to an angry bride, right? That's where you can start to trust. Trust love, okay? So, Father, we thank you for those promises that you don't, we don't give out of necessity. You love your agapio, a cheerful giver. And all those, all those verses are very real. It will come back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will, even though it's abused. We just thank you for those beautiful promises so that you'll make all grace abound in every area of their life. That's just what love does. It can't do anything else. And we can trust that in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. So if you want to give, thank you. Like I said, it's more important now than ever. It's just we're, we're getting really busy. And uh, we just say thank you. All you guys online, thank you as well. So God bless you guys. We'll see you on the trail. <laughs>